Overload podcast. I'm Mia Schachter. I use they, them pronouns. I'm a consent educator and an intimacy coordinator for TV, film, and theater in residence at the Geffen Playhouse in Los Angeles. Today I'm talking to Layla Macled, and I will ask you to introduce yourself. Thanks so much, Mia. Happy to be here. My name is Layla Macklid. I use they, he pronouns, and I am an operations consultant and life coach, and I work with progressive um, nonprofits and do-good companies and individuals who work in those spaces to be more rooted in um in their values and in consent and make space for rest and creativity and play. Awesome. Um, So I know that you're offering a class this week and that you just um, put together your presentation uh, and defined somatic consent. So can you share your definition? Yes. My definition of somatic consent is the ongoing process of listening to our body signals, setting boundaries, and if applicable, communicating the signals and boundaries to others in order to build trust and create space to ensure ensure our needs are being met and experience pleasure. Amazing. Oh, I love that. Thanks, Mia. <laughs> yeah, I that's great. I from you. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool the way that, like, everyone, you know, like, we all are having the same conversations and then everyone, like, takes this, the same information or, like, the same, seemingly the same experience and then puts it into their own words and then comes up with something beautiful and, you know, unique and um and, and like makes it their own. So that's really cool. Um, okay. So big unanswerable question at the top here. Um, is, is work ever consensual under capitalism? Solve the problem, Layla. Go ahead. <laughs> I have all the answers. Um, I learned the other day that the sun is not actually stagnant and we're not only like revolving around it. The sun is like propelling through space at Mm. 70,000 kilometers an hour. And we are like wrote, it's pulling us with it. So wow. um, (laughs) in terms of unanswerable questions, just (laughs) adding to the reasons that um, I'm nauseous all the time by these unanswerable questions. (laughs) But is is consent possible in under capitalism? Is is consensual work? I guess is consensual possible work. under capitalism? Yeah. I feel like consent, the practice of consent under these oppressive structures that we exist in um, is not always 100% freely given. Um, There are always things at play. And 
I think particularly with work, um, it's rooted in our, our well-being. We are required to go to work, to live, to eat, to pay for our basic necessities. And so there is just simply inherently a power dynamic that exists there uh, that puts the people that are working, the working class, um, at a, a disadvantage when it comes to like having a consensual working relationship. Uh, and I think there definitely are ways that nonprofits and companies can root their operations in consensual practices that make things a little more tolerable, manageable, and even fun, potentially, is what we hope. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure that anything that is required for survival can be consensual. But I think yeah. within that, there's like degrees of consensuality that are possible. Um, I taught fries this morning in a class and my take on freely given as a requirement for consent is that, I mean, I, I think it's kind of bullshit because I don't think it's ever possible. Um, like, I, you know, I heard you say that it's not always 100% possible. And I don't, I, I don't think it's ever 100% possible. And so we're really just trying to get as close as we can. Um, but there are always power dynamics at play. And then even if somehow you could magically remove power dynamics, which you can't, um, there's still social coercion, you know, like what is expected of you wanting to seem reliable or valuable or, um, smart or, um, you know, useful within a company or something like that. Um, so there's, there's always these external forces, uh, that make freely given consent completely impossible. And even in like, in a sexual context, you know, Fry's is like, was developed for Fry's being freely given, reversible, informed, enthusiastic, and specific. It was developed for sexual contexts, but even in a sexual context, like I don't think you can freely give consent ever because even if I feel totally comfortable saying no to the person in front of me or telling them what I want or don't want, there's still the societal um, indoctrination that I've been subjected to that tells me like, if you want this person to call you back, for example, if you want this person to, um, like you or trust you, or if you want this person to see you in a certain way, if you want to see yourself in a certain way, um, you know, and like part of undoing that for me has been like on, you know, ejecting myself from the gender binary. Um, and then also, of course, like getting in touch with my needs, my desires, my boundaries and what those feel like in my body. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, like, like I don't completely like not even a part of most workplaces that last part you said like right in touch with your feelings your needs your boundaries were so often com completely disconnected from that and like have to be sometimes like right forced to be so um right right the the like the um 
the requirement to be productive, you know, to make a profit, to, um, to like be working towards a promotion, for example, like those often require you, yeah, to like, even if you are capable of feeling your boundaries and your needs to like ignore those feelings and push past them, past your capacity, um, and, you know, and deliver. Absolutely. And I think something that like I want to separate in my work is the difference between productivity and efficiency. Like just Mm. because we're like aiming for more efficiency, more clarity, more direct communication and processes to like reduce overall stress and create more space. It does not mean Mm. that we are also trying to be more productive. Like I have no desire. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, especially because I remember talking to you specifically about the word efficiency. Yes. And I (laughs) love that like circling back to that now I'm seeing the way that you've like let that morph for you um can you go into that a little bit yeah I think uh, you know initially when we talked about just also I'm gonna back up a little bit Um, I come from like the progressive progressive I'm putting it in quotes in the video with my fingers um (laughs) (laughs) democratic machine and continuously seeing like us try and dismantle and like advocate for dismantling these like oppressive systems and yet still operating fully and complacently and sometimes not even complacently actively knowingly in them Um, and perpetuating them within our workplaces. Um, So that's kind of where all of this comes from for me. And when you first used the word efficiency, I did equate it with productivity. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. Even when we were talking about, well, it's creating more efficiency to make more space for rest and creativity and like all these things, I was still not fully making the connection in my brain. Um, Actually, it was only really maybe last week or a few days ago that I saw a post from Queer Sex Therapy, I think, and they were Mm -hmm. talking about how they're they've been taking more breaks and setting more boundaries and they've actually been less productive and yeah I saw that post yeah and I was like you know what I I agree like I don't wish to I don't want to be perpetuating like the narrative of efficiency of like taking breaks of setting boundaries of building like equitable operations in the name of like greater productivity because I'm I'm not I don't think that really brings us anywhere if greater productivity comes as a result and that's helping people amazing but it's not the end goal the end goal is dismantling capitalism and white supremacy yeah right um there's so many things in what you just said that I want to speak to. One is that Yaz Harris, who did the first educator training cohort last year, 
does social media for queer sex therapy. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. And Yaz is also yeah, Yaz is also teaching the BDSM and kink for intimacy coordinators that's coming up in a couple weeks. Oh, um for me. And then I'm also, you know, I just I just invested in um what you're talking about around like efficiency and like if it results in more productivity, fine. It I've been thinking a lot about this because I think I, I just invested in a couple appliances for my apartment. Like I bought myself a um, a countertop dishwasher that doesn't require like one of those intense plugs and like doesn't need plumbing. You just like hook it up to your sink. It's really amazing. Um, and I got a similar um, style uh, washing machine and they've been so helpful in like and I think I had said this to you when we talked about efficiency, like I think about efficiency as like removing friction so that flow is possible. Um, And often what that means is that it like, it makes my life more easeful and more restful and more pleasurable and enjoyable. Like I don't look at my sink and feel horrible about myself anymore because I have a dishwasher. Um, you know, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's truly been life-changing, but what I've been thinking about is this way that like oftentimes tech, like evolutions in tech are, are marketed as like, look at how much time this is going to save you. And you're going to be able to spend more time with your family and you're going to be able to like relax more and blah, blah, blah. And all it actually results in is like me now having more time to do more work. Like in practice, that's all that happens, you know? So um, like, for example, uh, like the invention of the the smartphone, you know, like, oh, how convenient, like we're going to be able to not have so many gadgets. It'll make things so much more efficient. And yet all it means is that I'm constantly checking my email. <laughs> constantly. Email. Right. So now, yeah. So now I'm working all the email. time. Yes. yes. Okay. So, so I, yeah. So go ahead. Cause that's, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was listening to the radio today and hearing like Elon Musk and Tesla, like creating a like human like robot to like help do human chores. And I was just like, this man can continue to create like all of these things like for more efficiency but not like redistribute his wealth and put power back in the hands of everyday people so they can live their lives I'm very confused about it but all that to all that to say like things that are supposedly supposed to make our lives more efficient I feel like have been co-opted by like people in power or people like at the top of the hierarchy to give them more access to people that are like below again I'm putting below in like air quotes below them or lower down in the hierarchy so to have more access to them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's not actually it's really just a power play at the end of the day and without boundaries around these things without 
like operations around how to use these tools efficiently and in a caring consensual way we are just continuing to like funnel the power up to the top give the people at the top more access to the rest of us and ultimately like perpetuating again these systems that we're trying to dismantle right right um and do that faster (laughs) it's like essentially what's happening yeah Yeah. (laughs) right right um okay well i mean i feel like we could go on that train forever but i do want to address yes we could um but i want to address i got go on forever i am hosting and will be recording a workshop on building equitable operations around communication, decision-making, and finances. I'm very excited about it. That is on October 6th, correct? It is. And I'll be recording it and posting it to watch whenever you want in the coming weeks. Oh, great. So even if they, even if this podcast comes out after that, they can get a recorded version to push to exist.net with the number two (laughs) okay great cool cool um okay so we did get a question for the podcast that is extremely open-ended um but i think worth worth trying to tackle here it was um any tips for uh how to respond or deal with a situation in which someone is pushing on your boundary yeah, it's. I actually got this question um, from a teenager when I was at Camp Brave Trails doing a workshop on consent and saying no. Right. And they asked the same exact question. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, of course, like, it depends on a lot of things. Like Yes. The... <laughs> and my ultimate response was... Um, it's all about like knowing yourself and like knowing what's right for you and genuinely believing in your heart of hearts and your souls of souls that like you can and have the power to say no, stand firm in that and ultimately walk away if it's not being respected or appreciated. Mm hmm curious how that I love it for you yeah well I love how you brought up that it's about knowing yourself I think that that's something that gets lost in a lot of consent education because so much discussion around consent is like about how to treat other people and not starting with yourself um and I I find consent to be one of the most useful tools in um like navigating my relationship with myself um Absolutely. Of course, it's helpful with other people, but I do think that uh, something that is really empowering about consent is that it is something that I can practice with myself and I can demonstrate to myself, this is what it feels like to hold a boundary, respect my own boundary, to listen, to hear it, to feel it, and to name it. And I can do that without needing anyone else to be present. I'm. That's not, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's not even like an individualist thing, I'm very much for, um, you know, communal care and interdependence. 
But there is something very empowering that like, this is literally something that I can practice like on a walk in the car, like, you know, while I'm cooking dinner. Um, And so this idea of like, I need to know what my boundaries feel like. I need to know what my limit is of like when I'm going to walk away. Like, what does that feel like for me? And then when I have that feeling to be like, okay, I'm leaving now. And if that means leaving this conversation in this moment, okay. If that that means leaving this relationship, okay. And knowing like what my own limits are in terms of like what I'm willing to give, what I'm willing to take. Um, and you know, whether that's like the amount of time or the frequency or, you know, whatever, uh, that's going to help me know, like when someone pushes my boundary, what, how do I respond? Also knowing myself in terms of like, you know, this boundary is one that I, that's like a, um, flexible, like rubber. This is a boundary that is like, solid like cement and if you try to cross it it's over you know time number one um like I have some boundaries like that uh in the sexual realm you know like if if x happens like you have to leave now and I'm probably never going to speak to you again you know whereas like there are other boundaries that maybe I uh, I'm open to like reiterating over and over again. Um, also accounting for, and like, this is, this is important because of all the variables at play. Like, you know, sometimes someone forgets my boundary uh, or, or misunderstands my boundary or because of their neurodivergence yeah. thinks that I mean this one thing when I actually mean this other thing, like, you know, one, one boundary is like our pronouns. Like if you want to be in intimate relationship with me, and not even intimate relationship with me, like various kinds of professional relationships, all kinds of relationships, you have to get my pronouns. Um, And if you don't, I will remind you and I will keep reminding you. But at a certain point, and I need to know when this is for me, like when do I say, I need you to put a little effort into this? And when do I say, I don't want to work with you anymore? Absolutely. A couple things that stood out from what you said for me is uh, I learned this word from Omu Sila. I have never said mm-hmm. their last name. Is, U- did I say that right? Um, Umu Sila. Umu Sila. Mm-hmm. Umu mentioned the uh, tolerance for distress. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's super applicable with like learning yourself and learning what your boundaries are because without fail I assure like especially like very beginning stages of learning to set boundaries for yourself you will like feel guilt you will feel grief and those things like with practice get easier to tolerate and they get easier to like acknowledge that that's what's happening let yourself move through the distress and see what comes out at the other end and yeah hopefully it's something really pleasant and positive for yourself but it does take take practice and it takes 
uh, an understanding of like building that that tolerance for distress and knowing that when you are setting boundaries like you might feel you might feel guilt you might feel grief you might feel sadness or anger all those like unpleasant feelings that come up it does not mean that the boundary was the wrong thing to do for you it just means you're moving through the boundary process and that's part of it and then I love that well can I just speak to Umu a little bit um Umu's been on the show and is going to be on the show again and Umu is teaching a radical mental health first aid class on um uh October 30th I believe uh that's open to the public um Umu also did the educator training and uh is a wellness doula and a therapist and a genius um and what this this idea of like consent being a practice, boundaries being a practice, it's similar for confidence. Like yeah. a lot of my experience of like of confidence is cumulative where I'm like, I'm going to try this thing and I'm going to fall flat on my face. Um, and then I'm going to notice how I pick myself back up and then I'm going to try it again and I'm going to remember, oh, I survived that last time. You made it. So yeah. Right. You made it. You made it. And and you're still doing okay. And you're going to try again. So a lot of times with consent, it's like, how do I, and this happens all the time. You know, someone learns like the difference between an offer and a request. And then their friend says, um, do you want to drive me to the doctor? And then they say to their friend, because they just learned this new tidbit about consent, like, is that an offer or a request? Or like, you mean will you please drive me to the doctor? Not do you want to? And then their friend is like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Right. And so then there's like this like awkward moment where they're like, it didn't really work. Like, what did I do wrong? You know, but it's really, it's just practice and it's, it, it becomes fluent and it becomes, um, you know, more intuitive and efficient, dare I say, where you like, you figure out how to do it with like, more flow and and playfully you know you can bring some fun into it some laughter into it um and move through it in a way that that zaps less of your energy and that can bring you so much more confidence to your interactions yeah i think it really can't be understated the like practice part because when you start I'll speak for myself when I started really listening to my body and starting to just pay attention to the little things here and there it just over time it just becomes so much more clear and now I have this whole vocabulary of how to describe what's going on for me I'm noticing patterns that I've never noticed before and it's just it just genuinely does take time and it starts with just sitting down and saying what is going on with me right now? Where am I feeling it? What are the sensations? What are the thoughts I'm having? Where is the energy flowing in my body? Mm. And what does all of this mean, like tangibly in terms of how I want to act right now? Yeah. So that is the big overarching answer 
to what do you <laughs> answer your question? Did we answer this question? I mean, like yes and no, and I feel like yeah. that's always the case. It's usually like, um, how well do you know yourself? You know, yeah. um, which is which is hard. I mean, it's hard to know yourself. There are so many reasons why we don't know ourselves. We've named a couple already: capitalism, yeah. white supremacy, the gender binary. Yeah. You know, these all function to separate us from ourselves. Yeah. Um, usually because that is profitable to someone somewhere along the line. Absolutely. So the second question that's been coming up a little bit is around a post that I made, which was early consent red flags. And when I say early consent red flags, I'm talking about like before you know somebody, before there's been trust established, like whether this is like on a dating app or you've like just met and you're working together or you're um, or you're like new friends or something like that. Like just things that sort of jump out to me as like, I don't know if this person is is aware of consent or thinking about consent or or in the practice of consent in the way that I'm looking for. And that's not to say that I would then be like, I can't have you in my life, but that it's just alerting to me. It's alerting me to like where they are at. Now, the one that has brought up the most questions in that list was um, when someone says I'm up for whatever. Um, You made a good point, Layla, that that's maybe not a red flag, but like a yellow or an orange flag. And I think that just speaks to like my uh, rigidity with like the concept of red flags. I wasn't really thinking about um, the severity of a red flag. I was thinking about like, these are like the little ones that I notice really early on that often are like the tip of a larger iceberg or like the seed that becomes a larger plant or something like that. That makes sense. So, yeah. So when you hear someone say like, I'm up for whatever, what comes up for you? Yeah. I really had to check myself when I made that comment about how maybe it's a yellow flag and not a red flag. And I really started thinking like what you meant, what you made. I was trying to imagine what you meant when you said like up for whatever and how that could possibly be a flag. And I, I made, I made the separation um, because there's a, therapist and boundary expert that I learn a lot from Nedra Tawab and Mm -hmm. she talks a lot about the difference between yellow and red flags where yellow flags are kind of like what you were describing like I'm noting this like this could be of concern I'm not sure how this is gonna play out in upcoming interactions and a red flag is like full stop like got it doing this now like you've seen how this can play out in the past or you know yourself well enough that you feel it in your body and it's just a a full stop no not moving forward um so yeah thought I'd share that's great that yeah okay in that case yeah then these are these are yellow flags according to that framework um Yeah, definitely things where I'm just kind of like, oh, interesting. I'm going to like keep that on a sticky note in the back of my brain. (laughs) Absolutely. 
Yeah. And I feel like when you said down for whatever is a red flag, I had a moment with myself because I'm like, how many times in my life have I said like down for whatever and not Mm. maybe maybe I meant it at the time, but I also was not checking in real deep with me right yeah um real quick Layla your microphone is scraping against your shirt thank you for letting me know are you able to just yeah okay that's great thank you um okay so wait keep keep going down that line of thought that you weren't checking in real deep with yourself because that's exactly where I'm coming from yeah yeah it's definitely a, a people pleasing tendency to be like I'm down for whatever you're down for or I also like maybe am experiencing decision making fatigue and I just genuinely don't care I'm like someone else make this decision I don't want to make it so I feel like it's either like yeah I'm not checking in with myself and I'm kind of just on autopilot or I have decision fatigue And I want someone else to make the decision for me. And like, I I could communicate that, that second one as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So when I was thinking about it, it was like, when I hear someone say, or when I see it on like a dating profile or hear it or, um, and, and by the way, though, this is where this concept of like early consent red flags becomes really important like when I'm talking to a good friend and they're like and we have plans on Friday and we don't know what we're doing and I say yeah I'm I'm up for whatever like that's not the same thing that I'm talking about like you know I'm along for the ride show me a good time like that's a different vibe when there's like trust and that person knows me you know, like they're not going to make a plan that I'm going to be like, what the fuck? Like, they're not going to be like, and by the way, we're going to the club and here's a bunch of ecstasy. Like, that's not, you know, like I'm not putting myself in a situation where I could end up being like, you don't know me at all. But, but like early, early on, I've been in situations where I've experienced someone say, yeah, I'm up for whatever, like on our date that's coming up. And then I start to go like, okay, this feels like people pleasing. This feels like this person is now requiring me to do the creative labor of coming up with a plan. For sure. Yeah. But they're not, they're not aware of that. Yeah. Um, They are not, it's telling me they're probably not super in touch with their own needs and desires. Yeah. Um, the decision fatigue is also a possibility, but then like, please communicate that. that. Yeah. Say that because the difference with that one is really important. And like thinking about the wheel of consent, like if you are experiencing decision fatigue, then when you ask me to make the decision, that's a request. Absolutely. Um, It's not an offer. You're not doing me a favor. You're, you're actually making a request. And that's a really important thing to be aware of that difference of like a request versus an offer is really, really important. So when someone says I'm up for whatever, but that actually puts more work on my plate, then like we need to both be aware that that's a dynamic that we're in and I need to be able to agree to that dynamic. So that's, yeah, in a nutshell, that's where I was coming from with that one. 
in a nutshell, join me as Patreon so you can get more <laughs> nuance like this. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sort of torn about what to do with the Patreon. The Patreon is great. It's where there's like self-paced learning stuff and there's a syllabus in there. Um, and, you know, I put some of my writing in there, but I now have the subscriber option on Instagram where I'm going more into depth in my stories when I like make a post, then I like explain the post in more nice. detail. Um, cool. And that one's, yeah, that one's $5 a month. I mean, the Patreon is also $5 a month, but um, so they're like, they're two different spaces right now and I may end up merging them. The Patreon, I feel like is more just like, if you like the podcast and you want to support the podcast, then like join the Patreon. Thank you. I really appreciate it. But the subscriber option on Instagram is more of like where I'm going into deeper like levels of explanation of everything that I'm posting. So thanks for that little yeah. ad moment. Little ad moment. Got it wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> no problem. You didn't get it wrong. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I feel like we covered everything we wanted to cover. Is there anything Solid. other than this class that you want to plug or share where can people find you i'm also hosting a class on october 16th about saying what you mean and doing what you feel being uniquely you together and uh that is going to be a lot of what we talked about on this podcast learning to listen to your body signals and set boundaries and directly communicate those signals to others so would love to have folks there if this podcast is released after that it will also be recorded and on my website at push the number two exist dot net is the website and at push to exist on all social media platforms okay very cool thank you you, Layla this was super fun so do you I'm in a way better mood now I was in such a lumpy mood before we started this love it um okay I'll stop recording now